Today, we have a very special guest who's going to talk about um, passive parenting, God's design for parenting. And you're not going to want to get up and take a bathroom break. This is going to be really a uh, good word, fantastic word. There was an incredible response last service uh, just to the word. Um, but John Kitna is here to speak today, and many of you may know him uh, as a former NFL quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, the Bengals, and the, um, the Cowboys. Um, the gods allowed him really to experience some really, um, really experience some incredible things. God has his hand on him and Jen, his wife. Uh, they get to travel across the country to speak on marriage and parenting. And God uses him in a powerful, powerful way. But I will tell you, uh, beyond his influence that God has given him on the football field um, and speaking at conferences, um, he is a man of God. And John is somebody that will call me often. I call him my big brother in Christ. He would check my heart. He'll ask, how am I leading? The first question he'll ask me, how are you leading your wife well? How are you leading your kids? And then third, he asks about you guys. How's the church? And so he's been a big brother to me. It's been incredible to have someone who will ask me the hard questions, who would challenge me and check my heart. Um, I'll never forget one day, um, he used to live here in Phoenix, and we'd hang out every once in a while, and he said, hey, do you want to go on a ride tomorrow? And, I, you know, I'm from Houston. And so when you ask someone to go on a ride, I'm thinking we're going to go cruising. And he says, you want to go on a ride? And I was like, yeah. He's like, meet me here at 6 in the morning here at church, and we're going to go on a ride together. So I thought, well, I'm going to bring my El Camino. I have a 1984 classic El Camino, and I thought we're going to meet. We're going to listen to some oldies, and we're going to talk about Jesus. And so it's 6 in the morning, and I pull up, and I'm waiting on him. And all of a sudden, from the distance, I see someone on a bike with the little flashing helmet and some tights on. And I thought, is this a grown man on a bike with some tights? And ex-NFL, sure enough, he pulled up on his bike. And I said, you said go on a ride. He's like, I'm in bike ride. I was like, I'm in El Camino ride. So he just kind of shrugged his shoulders. Him and his 6'4 self got his little tights in my El Camino. And we went on a drive. Went on a ride. But all joking aside, man, North Phoenix, give him a warm welcome this morning. John, we're so glad to have you. Uh, I know some of you are confused when he says, you know, he calls me his big brother. It's true. Uh, he just looks older than me. So, um, <laughs> um, I got to tell you, we were here in 2018. And so to see the church of North Phoenix today in 2022 and to remember in 2018, it wasn't a bad church. Nobody's saying that. But to see what this looks like right now. And for most of you, I would assume this feels really normal. But as someone who's been all over the country and lived in a lot of different places, it's not. This is not normal. To have young, old, lots of different races, nationalities, cultures represented it's not normal it's how it should be 
<laughs> because this is how this is how heaven will be and this is what church should be like god's doing something in north phoenix that's not normal <laughs> and when god is involved things are not normal and so i just want to encourage y'all as you sit here to fight for this because god's going to move you different places in your walks in your journey with him he will take you here and take you there and when you go different places you make sure that you go to a bible believing place that understands if we all look alike they probably don't believe in the bible They like comfort, but last I checked, God has not called us to comfort. So I just want to say what a blessing it is to be here, and uh, I'm going to ask us to do something. We're going to get uncomfortable a little bit to start today. I'm going to ask us all to stand up, and we're going to read a passage of Scripture today together. Pastor Noyes asked me to come and talk on parenting. The, 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 the title of my, my, uh, my message is No More Passive Parenting. And for some of you, probably most of you sitting over here, you're not even thinking about parenting yet. That's okay. You will sooner than you think. We're going to read a passage of Scripture today that I'm coming from. And I'd like us to read it together. We're going to put it up on the, on the, uh, on, on the screens. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God. We'll read together. You ready? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. You said it. We believe it. Amen. In Jesus' name. Do not sit down. If, if you are a parent, stay standing. Y'all didn't know you sat in the kids section over here. <laughs> okay. If, if you're a parent of more than one child, stay standing. Okay? If you're a grandparent, stay standing. If you're a great-grandparent, stay standing. Right here, right here. Anybody up there? I can't see. Where at? Oh, yes, ma'am. There you go. And right there, yes. Great. Okay. Are you pointing at somebody up there? Oh, yes. Hello. Hello. Okay. If you have great, great grandchildren, stay standing. Anybody? Give it up. Give it up. 
Oh, he's lying. He was lying. He just wanted to hate. He wanted the applause. I got you. Hey, we'll still win. Uh, Noe's asked me to come and talk about parenting. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an honor and it's a huge responsibility, to be honest with you. Um, I think that in America, it's one of the biggest problems we have. I think we can trace all our problems back to it. Passive parenting that have forgotten what God has called us to do which is to populate the earth with Christian young men and young women. That's our job. (laughs) It is our job to populate the earth and to teach our children to rule well. Oh, we don't want to hear that word rule. But God used it. So it don't matter if you want to hear it or not, God used it. <laughs> Title is No More Passive Parenting. Just a little bit about me. Uh, 1997, I was in Carrollton, Georgia, and my wife was in Seattle. I was in Carrollton, Georgia in a training camp getting ready to go to the World League over in Barcelona. And my wife sent me a box. So 1997, young people over here, you used to have, actually have to send things in the mail. Like you didn't just order them and Amazon showed up. Like you wrote letters and you waited three or four days and they wrote you back because you had to pay a dollar a minute to talk to somebody long distance if they didn't have the same area code as you. The old folk know what I'm talking about. Okay. And so my wife sent me this box, care package. I thought, oh, great. She sent me some food, some goodies. Nah, there was a box of shoes in it. Little baby Jordans. And that's how she told me she was pregnant with our first child. His name is Jordan. She's going to pull him up here. Jordan is the one in the blue shirt there. This is a wedding we were at uh, this summer. That's my daughter. Uh, As you're looking at it on the far right, that is my daughter right there. Jordan is uh, getting ready to turn 25 next month in October. My daughter will turn 24 in November. And then my uh, youngest son there with the chain and the black shirt, he's 16. He's a sophomore. And then uh, the 19-year-old there, the 19-year-old there on the far left is at the University of Florida. Um, we're all J's. I'm John. My wife is Jen. They're all J's. Uh, we ran out of J names, I guess, so we stopped having kids. Um, but that's kind of us. Uh, that's kind of a formal picture. Here's a semi-formal picture for Father's Day. They took me golfing. None of them like golfing. I tried to put golf clubs in their hands. I read the Tiger Woods book. His dad had a golf club in his hand early. I tried to do the same thing. It didn't work. They all wanted to be quarterbacks. I don't get it. Um, my daughter is the best quarterback of them all. Um, that was that. And then the next picture is really us right here. This is us. Like goofy, funny. We like being together. We have... Uh, We've added to our family, my son, the oldest one, got married December 30th to Shiley. She's an incredible daughter-in-law. I couldn't have asked for more for my first daughter-in-law. She keeps him in check. Uh, She keeps him humble uh, because he he tends to not be humble sometimes. But more than anything, she, she raised the IQ in our home. She's super smart. She's getting her doctorate right now. And so uh, we're excited. She's, you know, anyhow, thank you. Um, I want to start with this question. Where did you learn about parenting? And it's a rhetorical question. I just want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. Where did you learn about parenting? Some of you are like, I haven't. 
Whether you realize it or not, whether you realize it or not, the world and the system has been set up to fight against what God's Word has to say. Ephesians chapter 6 says this in verse 4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Our job as parents is to bring our children up in the training and instruction of the Lord, not to send them to church and to, and to, and, and to uh, you know, to youth group on Wednesday and go, oh, they got it. No, not to send them to a, 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 a private Christian school and say, oh, they'll do it. No, we are not to outsource it. Those things are supplements. You can take all the supplements you want. Looks like I got some athletes sitting over here. You probably take some supplements. Great. But if you still eat like trash, it doesn't matter what supplements you take. It's not going to work. Supplements are to supplement. Church, youth group, you know, Sunday morning stuff, great. Private school, awesome. They're only supposed to be reinforcing what you're doing at home. It's our job to bring them up. It is our job to lead them in the Word. Ephesians chapter 5, the greatest thing you can give your children is a healthy marriage. Not a marriage that doesn't have problems now, but they they see you work through problems. Ephesians chapter 5, at the end of Paul's you know, at the end of Paul's teaching on this, he summed it up in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, said, however, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Our children need to see this. Our children need to see husbands loving their wives, laying it down for their wives, serving their wives, out-serving their wives. They need to see it. They need to see agape love. They need to see it. They need to see the wife respecting her husband, even sometimes when he doesn't deserve your respect. Because these things here are not respect your husband when he's respectable. It doesn't say that. Love your wife when she's super lovable. It doesn't say that. You're laughing too hard. Now you're going to get in trouble. (laughs) Be careful laughing that hard in here. We're to lay our lives down for our wives. And we're to respect our husbands. So ladies, some of you over here, probably not married yet. Probably not married yet. One of the first things you better wonder, you better wonder about is, kid, do I see myself being able to respect this guy? Mm. God is a God of order. Whether you like it or not, God is a God of order. He set things up. God told us what things should be. God told us how things should be. God told us how to live our lives. God told us what marriage should look like. God told us what parenting should look like. God told us what ministry should look like. God told us what discipleship should look like. God told us what repentance should look like. God told us what forgiveness should look like. None of us came up with that on our own. God created marriage. God created the institution of family. No one came up with that. God did. He's a God of order. What is that order? It's him above all else. It's the husband and the wife. In mutual submission to each other, 
but in the order of things and how God does it, the wife in submission to the husband. Not the husband requiring submission, but the wife voluntarily submitting to the, so yes, you better be able to respect him and you better be able to submit to him. If not, keep on moving. God's got someone else. Keep it moving. Don't try to get into something. I'm going to fix him. I'll make him, I'll make him so I can submit to him. Nope. Ain't going to happen. It is not going to happen. I hear you in the front. Preach. Yep. I'm here. I'm here. And lastly, and it's on, well, this way on purpose. I use the same font for husband and wife. Husband just has more letters. Children is really small. Some of you can't even read it. Because you got eyes like mine. I turned 50 on Wednesday. Don't clap. The only people clapping is the ones that ain't 50 yet. The children is in small print. Because if we handle our marriage right, Parenting will come easy to you. Psalm 127, verse 3 to 5. They belong to God. Children are inheritance from the Lord. Offspring a reward from Him. They're an inheritance from Him. They're not your children. You don't get to tell God when you're going to have kids. That should have got a bigger response. (laughs) You don't get to tell God when you're going to have kids. God is in control. They're an inheritance from him. And when he blesses you with them, they're a reward from him. So when you complain about your kids, you're complaining about God. Man, God just gave me that. That hurt. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver, a quiver is a thing on his back that held the arrows, is full of them. You're blessed if you have a quiver full of children. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. One of the, one of the, one of the, I try not to use the word regret because regret really is sinful. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I wish we'd have more kids. But my daughter came second and she didn't, she did not sleep for two years. We called her dark ages, and it was some long times. We thought we were done, like, no. Anyways, the Lord bless us with two more. Um, but here's the thing about kids. I got some college-age kids over here getting educated by the finest education around at GCU, I would imagine. Okay, so you probably heard... So you probably heard about the second law of thermodynamics. Not so much. Some of you took the class, you still don't know it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to summarize it a little bit. So basically the second law law of thermodynamics says this. All systems less than themselves are in a steady state of decline, leading to disorder and chaos. Which, by the way, if you ever want to argue with the evolutionists, pull that one out. Pull that one out. Because the evolutionists say something left to itself somehow evolved and went up. But they believe in science, and science says second law of thermodynamics. Let me get out. Let me stop. Let me stop. Here we go. Back to our children. 
If you leave your children to themselves and you're not raising them and being intentional, they will tend to go to a place of decline, chaos, and disorder. Look at America. Do we need any more to see what that looks like? But Jesus said it was going to be like this. The problem is we gave it up. We gave it up as parents. We gave it up as husbands. We gave it up as fathers. We stopped training and bringing them up in the discipline and training of the Lord. We stopped discipling our children. We stopped teaching them God's word as if it is truth because it is. And we've allowed the world to teach them. And so it has sped up the process of decay and decline and chaos and disorder. And so now we are in the place where we are. It is not irreversible because God can do whatever he wants to do. But it's going to take the young men and young women and, and, and the older men and the older women in this place to come to a place of understanding that it's about God's word, period, point blank. And it's time for us to put our foot in the ground and start doing what God's called us to do. To bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Here's how the parenthood cycle typically works. The parenthood cycle typically works. A couple, hopefully a married couple, they get, they conceive, they find out they're pregnant and then they're super happy. And they can't wait to tell everybody about it. And they can't wait to have the gender reveal party because you have to have a party for everything now. So you can't wait to have the gender reveal party. It's just putting stress on all kinds of people. Like, you don't need that many parties. I remember when, like, ba- like never mind, man. Let me just stop. Okay? You're happy at conception. But then birth happens. Then birth happens. And usually you heard some choice words from your wife telling you, I can't believe you did this to me while she's going through the birthing process. But then when you hold your child for the first time, at some point, at some point of a sense of dread maybe came over you like oh my what am I going to do and if you have any any like you, you walk with the Lord and you're serious about helping him raise the inheritance of children that he gave you there should be a sense of weight and responsibility that I now have to manage this child well to give him back to the Lord as a mighty warrior to give her back to the Lord as a mighty warrior and so conception happy birth oh my reality toddler I'm tired as heck let's just be honest I'm tired I'm tired because now they're old enough and mobile enough that what they can do can get them in serious trouble I'm tired and some of us we get so tired we decide we're going to parent from the couch and now we give them this let me stop. See, because really, really this parenting thing, no, really this is probably four or five sessions together for an hour at a time. We're trying to wrap it into 30 minutes and I'm getting down on time. And then, now they're children. Now they're our children and they're growing and they're going off to school and they're doing all this stuff. And, and, and now we're, we kind of almost disengage, to be honest. We start out, we're outsourcing. We're outsourcing. We send them off to school and don't ever check what they're learning. Then they become adolescents. <laughs> you thought you disengaged during the child phase. When they become the aliens, I call them aliens, <laughs> at 14 and 15. 
if you haven't intentionally raised your children at 14 and 15, they will become an alien. Literally, they say a 15-year-old can literally walk over the same thing every single day and never see it. <laughs> That's like happening in their brains. We all we know about the difference between boys and girls. And so that's typically the parenthood cycle, but that's not what I want to talk about. That's reality. That's reality. But here's what I want to talk about. The, 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 the three phases of parenting. This is the truth. So this is what I want you to take notes on. This is what I want you to remember. No, he can send this out. The church can send this out. You can have this. This is the passage of scripture I want you to lock on to. Number one, the discipline and training phase. This happens from birth to about the age of four. From birth to the age of four is the discipline and training phase. What is the discipline and training phase? You're teaching your child order. You're teaching them they're the child and you're the parent. You are in control. Here's what Ephesians 4 says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Obey. Teach your child to obey. They need to learn the word no means no. They need to learn it. Look, I get it. We're in this world. Oh, we should never talk like that to our children. Yeah, okay, how's that going? <laughs> when you don't teach your children to obey, you're actually stealing their blessings. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. We not only have to teach them to, to obey, because look, most of us will obey. Take out the treadmill. Okay, I'll take out the trash. Complaining, grumbling, all that stuff. Nuh-uh. Uh-uh. You're supposed to honor. You're supposed to take out the trash and be cheerful about it. Thank you, Dad, for asking me to take out the trash. I know we're laughing. But we're to... Look what it says. Honor your father and mother. It comes with a promise. So when you don't teach your children order, you don't teach them how to obey and honor, guess what you're doing? You're shortening their life. That's what it says. That you may enjoy long life on earth. Teach them to say yes. You need to teach them to respond and say yes to you. Not what? Some of you are in here. You need to come up. We're going to have a prayer time. You need to come up and repent that you have not taught your children how to say yes. So when you say something to them, they say, huh? <laughs> if they respond at all. What? Huh? <laughs> AirPods in? No. No. We need to teach our children. How to say yes. First Samuel chapter three says this. So Eli told Samuel, Eli was discipling Samuel. Eli was discipling Samuel. He said, go and lie down. And if God calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's what we need to teach our children. When we teach them how to say yes to us, it's teaching them how to say yes to God when God speaks in their life. That's what we need. We have children now that don't understand that God actually speaks. And so they don't know how to say yes to him because we never taught them how to say yes to us because we haven't showed them what godliness looks like. We have to train that, the discipline and training phase. The second phase is the catechism phase. This usually starts about the age of four. The catechism phase, we're just teaching them facts about God. Who is God? What has God done? What's he doing now? Who are you in relation to God? Why do you need God? 
Deuteronomy chapter 6, this was our passage. Look at the words just in red. Impress the commandments on your children. Impress them on your children. It's our job. Where else are your kids going to learn them? In some Bible song at church where they got to they do something to keep your kids' attention for five minutes? Impress them on your children. Talk about them. Talk about the commandments of God. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, I don't care that your child's a morning person. Flip the light on and talk to them. Our job as parents is to train them and bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. If they're not hearing it from you, they're not hearing it. And they're not just not hearing it, they're hearing the exact opposite. They should be all around your house. Look, my house, yes, we talk about the Word. We spend time in the Word. We, just, we try to disciple our kids. We do all this stuff. It's not not fun, though. We have fun. We play games. We cut and joke about each other. We laugh. I mean, sh- never mind. I'm going to save that story for later. But we have prayer row. We get in the car. Spend time praying with your child. Get them off their phones. Go through periodic fasts. With your family. We're going to have a social media fast for a week. Prayer road. Bible trivia. Come up with it. Do you know how much Bible your children believe that's not even the truth? They believe things that's not true. Just because they heard someone say it or they saw it, they're learning it from TikTok. Church time. When you go to church, take your children to church with you. Let them be immersed in the Word. And then when church is over and you get in the car, what did you get from church today? What did God speak to you? And how does that apply to you? What are you going to do? Discipline phase. Training phase. The discipline and training phase. The catechism phase. And lastly, the discipleship phase. Where you grab their hand and walk with them. Stop running from the world. Stop running from, oh, oh, well, the world's going to teach. Yes, your children are going to have to go into the world at some point. So you have to teach them how to navigate the world. That's what the discipleship phase is. It's you coming alongside of them, teaching them. Why are you here? What is your purpose? How do you share your faith? There's lots of great things out there to teach you, to help you in this, in this phase. But it's really just crawling into their world with them that's what it is it takes intentionality but if you think you're going to start discipling your child at 15 and you ain't done nothing for the first 14 years of their life good luck that's why most men just disconnect at all right there adolescence i'm out especially with their daughters and they leave them to the wife Deuteronomy chapter 10, here's the vision. This is, you, should, you should take this and study it as a family if you have young children. This is the vision and the picture that you're trying to produce in your homes. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord? To fear the Lord. Our children need to have a fear of the Lord. To walk in obedience to Him. 
to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. The issue that we have, though, we're chasing too much of the world. So we ain't got time to teach him how to fear to God. We teach him how to fear coaches. Do everything to please your coach. Do everything to get a scholarship. This is what the word says. I would take this into your home and I would just spend time with your spouse praying on it and looking at it and deciding how can we bring this and make it a part of our home. This is what we want to produce. How to share your faith, how to defend why you believe the Bible. They need to know the Bible is infallible. It's the most reliable piece of literature in the history of the world and second place isn't close oh see you don't know that because you would have said amen a lot louder you believe what the world says about the bible what you should be looking for in a spouse we need to teach our children this in discipleship phase what you should be looking for and then not only what you should be looking for but what do you need to be to attract the kind of person you're looking for and let me help you get there so again, the dis discipline and training phase, the catechism phase, and the discipleship phase, that's the three phases of parenting. I wanna ask you, what phases are you in? Some of you, are your children are out of your house, and you miss these phases, and we're gonna have a time of prayer, and we need to come up and spend time in repentance and asking God to restore what should have already been done, because he can do it, and he will do it. Come up with a family mission statement. We were challenged to do this when my kids were two. We are the kid in the family. We believe in one God and one way to God, his son, Jesus Christ. We're not going to apologize for that. In our home, we will first serve the Lord, then one another. We will put our hope and trust in the Lord. In him we can do all things. Apart from him we can do nothing. It is our desire to love him by obeying his commands, pray without ceasing, produce godly fruit, and live a life of worship. We are God's children and we will praise him for the immeasurable grace he has given us. That's our mission statement as a family. And if anybody in my family doesn't want to live according to that, they can live somewhere else. Here's my daughter. I'm going to finish with this story. Here's my daughter. My daughter is beautiful. She's turning 24, like I said, in November. She's super funny and smart. I mean, she, she, she is a, she's a mini me, really. <laughs> Like, not, 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 not the funny, smart thing. I'm just talking like, just like her demeanor. Like, she don't play. Drama? No, not, not going to put up with it. Like, just straight to the point. Loves Jesus. Like, she's got her mom's creativity and looks and all this stuff and smarts. But when it comes to just like the Bible, that's my girl now. That's my girl. That's her. Her name is Jada. Okay. She's beautiful, smart, funny. Here's what I did with Jada. Jada hated me for the first two years of her life. <laughs> Every time I stepped in a room, she cried. Because I found out her love language was uh, uh, words of affirmation, and I came in with this loud, booming voice, and I needed to be softer. <laughs> and so, at two years old, I said, Two and a half, I'm like, my, I don't want my daughter to hate me. So I would come home every day from work. When I'd come home, I'd lay her on the floor. She'd be screaming bloody murder. And I'd be over the top of her, and I'd just be telling her how much I love her. 
just over and over. And for the first week, 10 days, she's just losing her mind. But I just had to keep doing it. And after about a week, 10 days, she started to respond back. So I'd say, I love you as big as the ocean. She said, I love you as big as a mountain. I love you as big as the sky. I love you as big as the moon. And she would respond back. And we would do this. I mean, it probably went on for a month, maybe six weeks. Just lay her on the floor. And then it developed into this great relationship with my daughter. Someone who hated me for two years, <laughs> two and a half years, turned into this great relationship. And then I started dating my daughter at three, four years old. And my daughter's not super expressive. She likes to keep things in. But we would, we would go on these dates and she would not stop talking for two hours. <laughs> because she was on a date with daddy. And she knew she was safe. And so what I taught her on these dates was this. Even at three, four, five years old, someday some boy's going to come try to talk to you. And she would, ah, I don't want no boys. Someday. Here's what I taught her. Here's what you asked the boy. He wants, he wants to get your attention. You ask him. All you college folk over here, write this down now. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, if you died today, would you go to heaven? Because if he ain't heading to heaven, he ain't got nothing to do with you. And then, if he can say yes to that question, you ask him why. Don't even, don't mince words, why? And if he says anything other than, because I believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, that he, was the, he lived a sinless life, he died, rose three days later, appeared to over 500 witnesses over a period of 40 days, and rose back into heaven, that's who I believe in? Tell him to kick rocks. And go figure out who Jesus is first and maybe come back and see if you're still available. So again, on a scale of one to ten, if you die today, would you go to heaven? If he answers yes, why? If he can if he then can answer, because Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I believe in him and him alone. Then the next question out of your mouth, don't even don't even get emotional about it. I don't care how good he looks. I don't care if he got a six pack. It doesn't matter. I don't care if he got a nice car. It does, I don't care if he got a great following. I don't care. I don't care if he's a YouTube, TikTok. I don't care. The next question has to be who's discipling you. Ladies, the next question has to be who's discipling you. Because if somebody's not intentionally discipling him, the world is. And he'll think that loving you is how they love people in porn. No. You deserve better than that. You deserve better than that. So boys came and boys went for the first 23 years of my daughter's life. And they never got past the third question. And so she just told him, keep kicking rocks. I'm not going to waste my time. But about five years ago, a young man came along, and he was a sophomore. He transferred to my school that I was coaching at in Texas, middle of the year. My brother found him in the registration office. He was six foot four. He said, you play football. He said, no, I've never played football in my life. He said, that's okay. You're going to play football. You're six four. <laughs> So the kid came down to play football. 
But more than that, what happened with the kid is he wasn't very good at football. (laughs) What happened with the kid is, though, he started to get to be a part of the ministry that we had going on. And he got saved. And after he got saved, he took God seriously. And so he started to be part of this group that I was discipling. And then he started to take God even more seriously. And he said, I want some one-on-one discipleship. And so I started discipling him one-on-one and spending time with him for a year, two years, three years. God moved us. I was there. Now God moved us and we're away. And now we're in Arizona and all this stuff. Ain't God funny? He got better at football. And he got a scholarship to Arizona State University. It's a little bit of a long story, but it took five years for God to work on my daughter's heart to give this guy a shot. 23 years old. He knew he's going to heaven. He knew why. I was discipling him. The next question is, do you think you love me more than you love yourself? He does. And the last question is, will you love God more than you love me? This young man loves Jesus. And my daughter's going to turn 24 in November. And I, I, don't, I don't know that she'll be 24 before she's engaged. I certainly don't think she'll be 25 before she's married. This young man, you can go to that next picture. This young man, God has been preparing for my daughter and preparing her for him. And we've been going through this discipleship phase and training phase and teaching phase. And from three and four years old, I taught my daughter that I am prophet, priest, protector, and provider until God shows you who's going to take it from me. And praise God, I've had a chance to disciple him from close, disciple him from far, and pass on his discipleship to a young man that happens to be in your church. Where are you at? (laughs) To Ryan Jenkins. who's now been discipling this young man for over two years. And uh, it's not a done deal. God can do whatever he wants. But uh, it certainly seems that the Lord has brought these two together. And I'm telling you this story because some of us have missed out on this with our children, whether male or female. We've missed it. So Pastor Noe's going to come up. Here's what, and and, and we're going to have staff members up front for prayer. Here's what the prayer is about. You need to come forward if you've missed some of these phases. The discipline and training phase, the catechism phase, the discipleship, or all of them. You've missed it. And spend some time in prayer and repentance that God will restore what you missed, because he will. His grace is far greater than, than our acts. And then for you young people over here, you need to come up 
and ask God and spend time in prayer with, these, with, with, the, with, with the staff that's going to be up here and asking God to restore what his ideal is for marriage and parenting in you. The world's told you lies. He will provide. My daughter is beautiful, smart, funny, entrepreneurial. She did not date before this young man. And I can't tell you about those questions if you just ask, ask ladies, if you just ask those questions, if you die, would you go to heaven? Why? Who's discipling you? Just the first three. How much drama will leave your life? Don't care what he looks like. Don't care what he got to say. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is, is he going to be able to love you like Jesus loves you? So that you guys can, can join in this 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 ministry of marriage together and raise godly children and not not join the world and be passive parents that's what our prayer time is going to be about pastor noe is going to lead you in that thank you hey i'm going to ask us just to uh close our eyes and bow our head and here's we're going to ask the pastors to come up to the front and we're going to sing a song and here's all i want here's the challenge for you all some of you, maybe college students and singles, are in relationships that you shouldn't be in. And there is a bond that needs to be broken. And, and the Lord has been telling you to break it off. We're going to pray that you have the strength and courage to surrender that to the Lord. Maybe some of you need to tell some people in your life to go kick rocks. There's some of you in here. that God is calling for you to surrender your life to him. To let him be your father. To be the atonement and forgiveness of your sins. You may be in here and you may feel like all your relationships have been chaotic. You've endured tons of brokenness. Christ has not been the center. Let me tell you where it starts. It starts with submitting to Christ. parents in the room as a parent myself one of the most difficult things to do is to realize that God loves my children more than I love them he loves them and he sees them he knows them parents I understand now my four children that you can teach and teach and teach and teach and pray and pray and pray and sometimes our children will make very poor decisions in fact I'm gonna pray I'm gonna pray for the children right now I pray for the students in here right now the college students that if anyone is living a life apart from Christ that they may not have any peace that they will not to be able to eat in peace this is what I pray for my children that they will never get away with sin they will not eat in peace sleep in peace or sin in peace 
that God in his grace and mercy would bring you in this room if you are living in sin apart from Christ, that he will not let you enjoy it, that you will be empty and you will be hungry for something more, something greater. And that greater, his name is Jesus. We pray for those in the room, those listening in the chapel that have raised their children in the ways of the Lord. They've done the best they could and their children right now are not walking with Jesus. We pray for those children right now, God. We pray that wherever they are, Father, in the name of Jesus, that your power, your healing power may grab their hearts, God. We pray for a peace for the parents that surpasses all understanding to lean and depend on you. We pray for the marriages in this room. We pray for the marriages, God, that the enemy's trying to attack, that he's trying to divide. God, we pray for the single parents. The enemy will lie to them and make them think that they can't raise their children in the way of the Lord. God, we pray that they, they know, Father, that you're with their children. God, we pray for a Holy Spirit move in our hearts. That we may take you seriously, Father, and your word seriously. So God, we surrender all to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.